it's another episode of D-Listed, the podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. Sounding sultry. Yes. Sounding, um, Catherine, uh, Kathleen Turner, I almost called her Catherine Turner. <laughs> Kathleen Turner Light. Yeah, channeling my best impression of my best target brand, Kathleen Turner. But it's because I'm, it's because I'm getting over being sick. So. Yeah, but it, yeah, it sounds very sexy. I do wish that I could have this voice forever, but I'll, I'll be back to normal in a couple days and just practice do, faking it. Oh my god, <laughs> my doctor will be like, "Your vocal cords are very damaged." I'm like, "I know, I've been doing a great job, haven't I?" They are. That's great news. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's a big update in the Britney Spears conservatorship case. Mm-hmm. We've already covered how Britney told the court that she wants out of her 13-year conservatorship, says she can take care of herself, and also accused her dad and co-conservator, Jamie Spears, of being a controlling controller who won't let her get married, won't let her take out her IUD, etc., etc. Britney also said that she wants her family imprisoned for what they've done to her. But she recently got a win in court because the judge let her pick her own lawyer and she went with Matthew Rosengart. And Matthew Rosengart wasted no time and he immediately filed papers to request that Britney's dad, Daddy Spears, be removed as her co-conservator. Yeah, he was he was working fast. He was ready to go. As soon as the judge gave him the okay, he's like, Great. Here's my first order of business. Yeah, he was like a bus bench lawyer where he's like, I'll get justice for you. And he's like getting justice for her. So so Daddy Spears is currently in charge of Britney's money, while the other co-conservator, Jody Montgomery, is in charge of Britney the person. So Matthew Rosengar has also ordered a forensic investigation into how Daddy Spears spent Britney's money because there's all kinds of accusations of shady payments and how Daddy Spears gives himself $2,000 more a month than Britney's allowance. So there's a lot to cover. So he already, Matthew already let us know that that's happening right now of mm-hmm. forensic financial investigation. There was also some fighting between the conservators. Uh, Jody agrees with Britney that Daddy Spears should be removed as co-conservator. Daddy Spears slapped back at Jody, claiming that she recently called him, like last month, mm-hmm. and said that Britney is mentally unwell and suggested that they put Britney on another psychiatric hold. Jody denies that conversation, so things are messy as always. Mm-hmm. Then last week. TMZ blasted the headline that Daddy Spears had finally gotten a clue and resigned as Britney's co-conservator for the sake of Britney's well-being. And, you know, everyone started celebrating. It was a celebrate. Celebrate good times. Oh, my God. Come on. (laughs) Celebration. That one doesn't work as much. Celebration. (laughs) Close enough. It works. It works. In this case specifically. But TMZ kind of jumped the gun. Surprise, surprise. Because they made it sound like he was stepping down right this second. And it was a done deal. Mm. But Daddy Spears was only responding to Britney's lawyer filing the petition 
to get him out, right? So this was Daddy Spears' response to it. So he said in his response that he's willing to step down when the time is right, and there's no timeline for that. That could be anything. That's like when you ask like your parents, like, can we please go to Disneyland? And they're like, uh, yeah, no, totally. We'll go to, We'll go in the future. And then you're like, no, I need like a date. They're like, I can't give you a date. You're like, yeah, it's we'll, never going to we'll, happen. We'll go one summer. Yeah, one summer. In sometime in the 20 future. 20 years. <laughs> in some calendars year. Yeah. So he, that's what basically he did. Like, I'm going to step down mm-hmm. one day. And his whole response was a mess. Mm-hmm. That's his signature move. But um, he said that even though he should not be ousted as co-conservator over false allegations, he is willing to remove himself when the time is right, but the transition needs to be orderly and include a resolution of matters pending the court. Um, He also ate his own ass, saying, if the public knew all the facts of Ms. Spears' personal life, not only her highs, but also her lows, all of the addiction and mental health issues that she has struggled with and all of the challenges of the conservatorship, they would praise Mr. Spears for the job he has done, not vilify him. But the public does not know all the facts and they have no right to know. So there will be no public redemption for Mr. Spears. It's like, okay. I know what happened to just a simple, I am planning to quit if anyone has a job opening send the applications to me because yeah. you'll be out of a job soon. Just keep it simple. Yeah, and don't drag it out. Like, at the most, maybe we need two weeks. Two weeks to find your replacement and cover you. Like, to train your new person. Well, no, we shouldn't We shouldn't train... <laughs> J.B. Spears shouldn't be training anyone because then it'll be, like, no, the no, same no. situation over yeah. again. Bring in another supervisor to train <laughs> the person coming in. Yeah, because he's not the one. And he had a lot more to say. So he dragged Britney's mom, Lynn Spears... Lynn hasn't really been involved in Britney's conservatorship, but recently she has been involved. She asked to be included in conversations about Britney's conservatorship and backed Britney's decisions in court. Like she co-signed Britney's request for a new lawyer and Britney's request to uh, um, push her daddy out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daddy Spears said that Lynn has barely been a part of Britney's life, let alone the conservatorship, and that as recently as 2019, Brittany didn't want to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn didn't directly respond to that. She only said that she's pleased Jamie is stepping down and that she entered her daughter's conservatorship three years ago to protect her daughter. Brittany's new attorney said that they're also pleased but not surprised about Jamie's parting shots and that they look forward to continuing their investigation into how he handled Brittany's money and are looking forward to Brittany's deposition in that investigation. So he's basically telling Daddy Spears to start fitting himself for an orange jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if it's going to get to that point, but at the very least I am expecting an embarrassing court situation well with the free britney movement who knows anything is possible and britney herself hasn't directly responded responded to this but she's been posting a lot on instagram including pictures of her with her cheeto chest balls out basically like she's just topless and she's using her hands to cover her nipple knobs and so people have been commenting on that and they seem to think her 
titties are bigger. So they wondered, like, is she pregnant? Does she get a boob job? So she said no, that she's just, uh, she's put out a message of body positivity and said that she wants to feel free and that she wants to feel lighter, a.k.a. more naked, which is why she's embracing her topless self. And she also gave another shout out to the Free Britney movement. And so the hearing on Daddy Spears' role in her conservatorship has been set for September 29th. So that gives him plenty of time to bring more messiness, which I'm sure he will. More messiness, more accusations, more excuses for why he was getting paid $2,000 more a month than Britney Spears was. Yeah, more saltiness. Saltier than salt bays, saltiches. Saltier, Saltier than salt bay jizzing salt into the Dead Sea. Oh, yeah, because that's the saltiest sea. Yes. The sal- <laughs> that's the, the, that sea doesn't need any more salt. No. He's going to put it in there. Um, I am, um, okay. I know that people were like, oh, did Britney get a boob job? Or like, did is Britney pregnant or whatever? Michael, you can tell me that I need glasses because I know that I need glasses. It's That's no secret. But Britney's body didn't look any different to me. No, it didn't look different at all. I think maybe because she's she was holding her titties, her chichis. Yeah. So maybe because she was pressing against them and looked bigger. It looked the same to me. But, you know, then again, I'm not like comparing her <laughs> now to yeah. her like six months ago to see how big her titties are. Yeah, we're not doing our own forensic investigation on... Chest six months ago, chest current. No, not yet. But um, yeah, no, it looks, her titties look the same to me. She looked totally fine. Also, I'm sure that some people are probably like, oh, is Brittany okay? Because she's posted a lot of topless pictures in the past like week or whatever. But I don't care. I think that if she wants to post thirst traps, go ahead. It's summertime. But yeah, now it seems like now they're letting her kind of take control of her yeah. Instagram more. So yeah, br- bring those titties out. Yeah, do do, 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 do what, what you, you want to do. do. Yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah. But I feel like back to the conservatorship, Daddy Spurs is dragging this out. And based on what he said, like in his statement, I think he wants to negotiate some kind of exit. Like he wants settlement money, probably <gasps> wants... A pile severance of pay. Yeah, he wants to severance. Go away. And he also probably wants them to agree to stop with this forensic investigation. Yeah. You know, or not pursue charges or anything. So that's what I think he meant as like a transition period. A yeah. period when they can talk about how much money Britney's going to give him to go away. And is she going to promise not to pursue charges against him if they find anything that is worth charging him over. Yeah, there's for sure going to be a settlement. But like, can I just say, how gross is that, by the way? Imagine having a family member that you have to like negotiate an exit deal with to be like, how many zeros on this check will it take for you to leave and just not be at my house anymore? Yeah, Yeah, that's a reason to cut them out of your family tree. But it's also, like, I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship. Right, we don't know them personally. I feel like if Daddy Spears supported her, loved her, cared for her well-being, cared what she had to say, she'd probably pay his way anyways. Like, she seems to me like she's generous and has been generous and will pay her family's way as long as they're supportive and nice to her. 
Yeah, just like, nice. That's the base yeah. level we're looking for so here. So it's like, he to me, he doesn't need to steal from her because he just can say, oh, you look so pretty. Your titties look amazing today. Can I borrow $50? And she'd say yes because she's benevolent. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's I mean, it's shameless. Even Dina Lohan is probably embarrassed by Daddy Spears. Because you know that Dina Lohan gives Lindsay at least one compliment on every phone call they have. Y- yes. Yes. <laughs> How's Mykonos, darling? I saw your new bathing suit. You look gorgeous. Can you Venmo me $2,000? <laughs> and I, I literally need it in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Can you do it right away? <laughs> Okay, so moving on from Britney Spears to someone else who kind of has some problems with another person right now. Oh, um, she's saltier. She's saltier she's than saltier. the Dead Sea, too. Than the Dead Sea after jizz. Salt Bay. Yeah. <laughs> after Salt Bay got to it. So Deborah Winger, very salty, also an actress. Um, so she gave an interview recently to The Telegraph to promote her Apple TV Plus show, Mr. Corman. I've never heard of it. I'm sure it's lovely. It so, starts. I only know that because I see like the little ads on Twitter, and it's right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt in glasses. That's oh, all okay. I know about this show. And now I know Deborah Winger is in it, which I did not know before. So we're learning more and more about this. Exactly. Show. Two names on the IMDb page that we've already yes. got covered. So in her interview, she she managed to bring out some vintage drama, but also some current drama. Because as we've mentioned, Deborah Winger, a little bit salty. So Deborah Winger, for those who are not aware, was famous for movies like An Officer and a Gentleman, Terms of Endearment, Urban Cowboy, several others. She was very, very big in the 1980s and the early 1990s. She was nominated for an Academy Award and Golden Globes and stuff like that. She also reminds me a lot of Zoe Deschanel. So if you're like not totally familiar with Deborah Winger, just imagine Zoe Deschanel in the 1980s. Really? Yeah, I think that they're like, if they okay, ever I'll... make like a biopic about her, it should be Zoe Deschanel. Really? Okay, I'll, I'll pay attention the next time I see a Deborah Winger movie. Yeah. Well, pa- maybe I'll watch, what is it called? Roger Corman? Right. Mr. Corman. Mr. <laughs> Roger Corman. Corman. <laughs> Mr. Corman. I, I wish it was Roger <laughs> Corman. So, no, go and watch like Terms of Endearment clips on YouTube and you'll be like, okay, I can kind of see it. I hope yeah, you can and then see hold it. a picture of Zoe Deschanel from my iPad next to the screenshot of <laughs> yeah. Deborah Winger. You like yeah. dead ringer, dead ringer for Winger. Yeah. So <laughs> she okay. So something that I found out recently because of this interview was that Deborah Winger was originally cast in A League of Their Own, which is from 1992. So that would be like the timeline of when Deborah Winger was huge, and so she was cast as Dottie, which as you probably know is Gina Davis's character. So the lead role of a league of their own. And Deborah Winger says that she was like hired and she trained with the Chicago Cubs for three months and everything. And was like very serious about this movie. And then she dropped out and it was all because of Madonna. It's completely Madonna's fault. So when Madonna got hired, Deborah was like one, two, three strikes. I'm out of here. She told Penny Marshall that she thought the movie was turning into an Elvis film. So AKA like when she says an Elvis film, she means like, this is Cheesy. just a movie. Cheesy. It's a movie to be like, Elvis is a singer, but here he is trying to be an actor. Like, that's what she was saying. Yeah, about not Madonna. a real movie. No, like a vanity project. Yeah. And Deborah Winger, she only does um, very serious 
Higher yes. movies. Like Urban Cowboy with Johnny Depp. 1980s Urban Cowboy. <laughs> so she told the studio and she was like, I think this movie is turning into like garbage. It's not the serious movie I signed up for. And she said the studio agreed with me and they paid her out of her contract. So she had like a pay to play contract or pay or play. So that means like, um, I'll do the movie or if I leave, like you're, you're paying me my salary. And so they gave her a salary and was like, bye. And so she left. And so when she was asked about like a league of their own being like, well, what did you think of it when you saw it? She said, as entertaining as the final film was, you don't walk away going, wow, those women did that. You kind of go, is that true? And she said that she thought that Gina Davis did okay in the movie. And when asked about what she thought of Madonna in the movie, she said, quote, hard quote, air quotes, I think her acting career has spoken for itself, unquote. So, Which, so basically, like, um, Deborah Winger got a huge fan out of Patti LuPone, like, yeah. Deborah Winger is suddenly Patty LuPone is suddenly Deborah Winger's biggest fan now. Madonna is a movie killer. She's dead behind the eyes. She cannot act away out of a paper bag. She should not be on in, in in film or on stage. But like, here's the thing, though. We're gonna get to more of Deborah Winger's interview in a second. But I feel like her opinion of Madonna in that movie is very wrong. Well, I think first of all, saying Gina Davis is just okay. No, she killed oh, no. it. Gina Davis was, she did the splits while she caught a baseball. I mean, it might have been a stunt double, but I want to pretend it was Gina Davis. Yeah, and she killed it. Madonna, like, Madonna, like, the, the, that line Madonna has about, like, her bosoms flying out of her. I had a key moment in the game. My, my uniform bursts open, and, and uh, oops, my bosoms come flying out. <laughs> that that might, might draw a crowd, right? <laughs> you think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? Deborah Winger could never do, she could never deliver that line. And it's like, honestly, it's one of Madonna's best performances, like next to Desperately Seeking Susan and Body of Evidence. (laughs) It's not Shanghai Surprise, we'll say that. that. You know, that performance, like when Courtney Love threw the compact at her. Yes. That was a great performance. Dick Tracy was also a good performance. Yeah, so I don't know what she's talking about. But Deborah is a miracle worker because she's got us defending Madonna's acting. I know, and I like. I feel like I need to be like have a warning at the top of this episode. Like, I am not a Madonna stan. I like Madonna fine, but I'm not a huge fan. But I'm I'm willing to go to my grave to defend Madonna and League of Their Own. Like, and it's like a cameo. It's not. I don't know why. Like, yeah, she's not Deborah the star. was so serious about it. It's like a cameo. Yeah, she's she's yeah, she's not the star. And also, so like the year, but Deborah actually showed us because. A year after League of Their Own came out, mm-hmm. Deborah starred in the cinematic hit um, Wilder Napalm, a movie I've never heard of until I looked at her Wikipedia page today. So okay. she showed us. She had the last lap by starring in Wilder Napalm. I have never heard of that. I don't know what the fuck that's about. Un- unfortunately for her. But okay, so Deborah Winger... Um, obviously not a huge Madonna fan. She also might not be a giant fan of the Me Too movement. So, um, like, she's probably not going to get invited to any Time's Up marches anytime soon, to be honest. So when asked about the Me Too movement, she said, in some ways, Me Too has gone ridiculously too far. 
Would we say it has? Well, Deborah Winger would. She said that things are still shifting in the industry and um, the industry is still in upheaval, but that she's very concerned for her three white sons. So to misquote Helen Lovejoy, won't somebody please think of Deborah Winger's white sons? She said, part of it is that I'm the mother of three young white males. So I'm looking at things that they're experiencing and things that my girlfriends of all different backgrounds are experiencing. And it hasn't quite found its steady point yet where there's room for everybody. I'm a bad one to ask. I always found my way. Is that privilege? I didn't feel like it at the time because I felt like I was in very abusive situations, but it was my responsibility to buck up and get strong. It's like, um, okay. But the whole point is that you shouldn't have to buck up and get strong. It's like, you shouldn't be in these positions to begin with. These men should not be doing this, but it's like, it's your job to get out. I mean, she's obviously like the inspiration for Connie Britton's character in The White Lotus. Because oh, Connie yes. Britton's character has like the same kind of speech. The same about, argument. Won't somebody think of the young white man? Yeah. Are we going to find out later that Deborah Winger was originally cast in The White Lotus and left when she was like, I think this is going to be an Elvis movie because it's set in Hawaii? I think you know. Yeah. You, yeah. you broke that story. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the trailer for Ryan Murphy's newest in the American Crime Store series, Impeachment, was released last week. So Impeachment covers the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky scandal of the 90s. It stars Beanie Feldstein, who is in Booksmart and Lady Bird, as Monica Lewinsky, Clive Owen as Bill Clinton, Edie Falco as Hillary Clinton, Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp, Anna Lee Ashford as Paula Jones, Billy Eichner as Matt Drudge, and Colby Smulders as Ann Coulter. It also stars, this is an all-star cast, Mira mm-hmm. Sorvino, Taryn Killam, Blair Underwood, Kathleen Turner, speaking just... of, <laughs> Judith Light, and Margot Martindale. So it's, You had me at Margot Martindale. <laughs> sold. Yeah. Um, the trailer. So the trailer... <laughs> The we talked about feels, this. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels to me a little bit like, okay, so sometimes this happens with Brian Murphy projects when it's based on like a real thing, where sometimes the trailer feels like a trailer that was cut for 30 Rock. Uh-huh, yeah, I can see that. And that's kind of the vibe I get from impeachment is it feels sort of like... It's um, ridiculous. It's very, it's very ridiculous. It feels a little bit like... um Sometimes with the wigs that he uses, I always, like, have to think, like, that can't be the best wig. No. Or the prosthetics. Because this is, like, an explosion yeah. at the prosthetics factor. Ru- oh, like, rubber everywhere. There's every Everybody's got rubber on their face. Yeah. And, <laughs> but do you think Sarah Paulson is going to win another Emmy for this? So she won for playing Marsha Clark. Mm-hmm. I almost said Marsha Cross. <laughs> Marcia, oh, the, my uh, God. American Desperate Housewives story. <laughs> the other Martha C., yeah, in um, American Crime Story. So is she going to get her next Emmy from this? I don't think she is. And it's for the main... Okay, I have the same argument that lots of people had on the internet as a person who is fat. I cannot stand it when I see an actress or an actor get put in a fat suit. When yeah. it's like, just hire a fat actor or a fat it looks actress. Stupid. It looks so bad. That's yeah. the thing, stupid. That's the best word. It looks dumb. It doesn't look convincing. Her prosthetics look, they're like cartoonish looking. It just doesn't look right. It's like, just hire a fat actress who use a wig because obviously that hair is going to be very difficult to duplicate. But 
just hire someone who can be fat. Like I, I know it's Sarah Paulson in a fat suit and not a very good one. So I don't think she's going to get nominated for an Emmy. No, she looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. She looks, it looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. And like, I mentioned this to you, but Clive Owen as Bill Clinton looks ridiculous. Like he looks nothing like Bill Clinton. No. Oh my gosh. Do you know who he kind of looks like to me is, um, rest in peace, Phil Hartman. So Phil Hartman used to do Clinton on Saturday Night Live, but it looks like Clive Owen doing Phil Hartman doing Bill Clinton. Yeah. And I get like melting Harrison Ford wax figure. Yes, absolutely. Some people got Richard Gere. Um, a little. Yeah, it's it's not Bill Clinton. Oh, that, Let's just say that. It's just not, it's not Bill Clinton because it's like there's you can put a fake funny nose on someone. It doesn't. You still have to like act like that person and stuff. And I just wasn't getting I wasn't getting any Bill Clinton from it. No. And like you mentioned on the site, because you wrote about yeah. this on the site, yeah. Kobe Smulders as Ann Coulter. <laughs> I mean, She's so beautiful. <laughs> how the fuck? Again, it's like, just don't hire somebody who's beautiful. And all, it's like, I don't even think they put prosthetics on her. So it's like, at least try to ugly her by putting yeah. some prosthetics on her. Because it's like, she looks pretty. She's beautiful. Kobe Smulders in real life is absolutely beautiful. And it feels like all they did was just be like do you want to dye your hair blonde or do you want to wear a wig? And she's like, I'll do a wig. They're like, okay, great. Do you need anything else for this character? And she's like, no, I think I'm good. I got it. Yeah. And what, like, they could have saved money because they could have went down to, like, the clearance section of a Halloween store, got Mm -hmm. the cheapest, most busted zombie decoration, (laughs) put a straw wig on it. (laughs) Voila. And even then, they're like, we need to de-pretty this thing. (laughs) It's still too attractive. It's still too... Um, nice looking. <laughs> They're like, we'll we'll light it poorly. Maybe that'll fix it. And we've got so we've got more news in the world of Ryan Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. He continues to reign over TV and over the words American and story. Um, so his in his first um, American story series, there's American Horror Story, mm-hmm. which is in, in which is in its tenth season. There's one season of the spinoff, American Horror Stories, mm-hmm. and American Crime Story, which is in its third season. So mm-hmm. even though Impeachment American Crime Story isn't out yet, it's out next month, he announced what the fourth one will be. So American Crime Story was supposed to do Hurricane Katrina. They cast it and everything. I think it was Annette Benning and a, a bunch of people, but it was scrapped. Right. It's not going to happen. The fourth season will follow the rise and fall of Studio 54 and how its owners, Steve Rubell and Ian Schrager, got busted for tax fraud. Uh, Studio 54 was in Halston, which Ryan Murphy produced, Mm -hmm. but this Mm -hmm. will only be about Studio 54. And I say Liza should play Liza. Of course she should. Halston! That's that sticks in my head from watching. Did you watch Halston? Yes, I watched Halston. Yeah. That stuck in Halston. It's so good. Oh my god. But yeah, just cast Liza. Yeah. She can play herself. All the roles. For all the roles, let's be real. Mm-hmm. So on top of American Crime Stories Studio 54, there's two more American stories coming. The first is American Sports Story, 
which uh, will be about Aaron Hernandez, the football player who was convicted of murder and was later found dead in his cell. His death was ruled a suicide. He reportedly struggled with his sexuality and also suffered from a neurological disease from playing football. So that's the first season of American Sports Story. There will also be American Love Story, which will cover America's greatest love stories. And Allison, if you were Ryan Murphy, first of all, if you were Ryan Murphy, I'd congratulate you for being so rich. And then I'd ask you for a loan. Then I'm going to pay you back. I'd pour a trash bag full of money on you. Yeah. So we'd do that first. But if you were Ryan Murphy, what would your first season of American Love Story be? Oh, okay. Hmm. This is really tough. You know who I think it would be? Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor and... Um, and all of her marriages. Oh, you would just cover them all. <laughs> or I would do Elizabeth Taylor and Larry Fortinsky. Uh, Allison. What do you mean, Allison? That's, I would honestly love I would to, love okay. that. Okay, I, I, was, I would watch the shit out of I that. Need, so. Yeah, I was obsessed with... So when I was a kid, I was obsessed with, like, my Nana always bought, like, National Enquirer and all the tabloids, right? That was around the time of like Elizabeth Taylor and Larry Fortinsky. And I was obsessed with them because I didn't know who they were, but they were on the cover all the time. And I would love to follow that love story. I want to see how it happens. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Just do not cast Sarah Paulson in a fat suit. No, but I will have to cast her. Okay, who would you pick for your first American love story? Okay, mine will cover the greatest love story of them all. American love story, Kanye hearts Kanye. (gasps) So it's just oh. all about Kanye's love for Kanye. I don't how many episodes that's like a that's a continuing series. That's that a twenty like, season. That's a twenty season, yeah, series. It's that gonna would be last like, longer than soap operas. Yeah, that's like merrily we roll along. That would be decades in the making. Yeah, it's gonna last longer than EastEnders. It's just gonna keep <laughs> playing until the end of time. So the first season of American Love Story will cover the love story of John F. Kennedy Jr. and Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, who were of course the it couple of New York and beyond, and later died in a plane crash along with Carolyn's sister, Lauren Bissett. Mm-hmm. Allison, you wrote about this on the site, mm-hmm. and you dreamcasted Andrew Garfield as JFK Jr. I stand by that, yeah. A de-aged Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. <laughs> as Carolyn Bissett Kennedy. Sarah Paulson as his older sister, Carolyn Kennedy. Caroline mm-hmm. Kennedy. I think I was wrong there. And Jessica Lange as Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. I think I stand by that. I think so. So I'm going to try to cast this using only actors in the Ryan Murphy verse. Okay, I'm excited for this. Okay, so Matt Bomer's JFK Jr., a no-brainer to me. Obviously, yeah. Um, As Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, I'll say Samara Weaving, who is in Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. Uh Uh-huh. And for his sister... I'm going to say that Sarah Paulson is going to give her face and head a break from mm-hmm. the prosthetics and wigs. <laughs> and I'm going to say Kate Mara. Oh, that's a good one. We'll play Caroline. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn Bassett worked for Calvin Klein at the time she was dating JFK Jr. Uh-huh. So I'll say Neil Patrick Harris in a shit, shit, shitload of prosthetics. As Calvin, as Calvin Klein. Klein. Yeah. That's perfect, actually. And wrapping up our four stories is a little list from a website called The Takeout, which you might have heard of before. They cover all different kinds of food and fast food and interesting weird stuff. So um, what The Takeout did recently was 
they compiled a list of the um, top five kind of worst received fast food items that debuted in 2021 this year. Um, So every time, you know, every year fast food restaurants and like, you know, fast casual chains and chain restaurants, they try to launch something really cool that's going to be like the next big thing. Like Mm -hmm. who could, who could forget where you were when Popeye's launched that chicken sandwich, but not everything is the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Sometimes you get a McDLT or a Wendy's super bar, which the super bar is great, but it failed. So, you know, McDonald's, I would argue, is the leader in failed fast food ideas. But there are other companies that also do, you know, stupid ideas that don't really work. And they launch and people go, what the hell is this? So the takeout chose their top five kind of worst received, worst launched food items of the year. Now, there's still four months in 2021. So McDonald's still has four months to launch something like a McCatfish filet that like nobody buys. But for now, this is what the takeout.com, the experts at the takeout.com think are the worst five. Okay, so number one, released in the spring, um, Starbucks uh, released a strawberry funnel cake frappuccino, and they wanted it to be reminiscent of carnivals and country fairs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But, you know, since carnivals and country fairs kind of remind most people of super spreader events, the strawberry funnel cake frappuccino wasn't very nostalgic for everyone. But also, it flopped. But also the takeout gave a review of it, and they said that it mostly just tasted like sugar and burnt fry oil, which is not exactly what you want in a drink. So... It's it was a combination of, you know, like frappuccino, uh, like vanilla frappuccino with strawberry drizzle and funnel cake pieces and like cake uh, syrup and stuff like that. So it's obviously just a ton of sugar. Now yeah, knowing all, just, yeah, just swallow a bag of sugar. Exactly. But knowing all this, Michael, would you still drink a stra- Starbucks strawberry funnel cake frappuccino? If someone handed it to me, yes, I would not buy it. Okay. If someone, if I was a party, it was a gift, and they're like, "Yeah, it was a gift." <laughs> if I was at Britney's, she would probably serve this, and I would definitely take it. Would you? I would not, because I, if I want like cake in a drink, I would go and get like a cake batter shake from like Sonic or something. So I'd say no. Um, so that's that. I would I would say that's zero for two. You'd accept it as a gift. I wouldn't accept it at all. So number two, the takeout said that Boston Market tried to um, like deliver their entry to the chicken sandwich wars. And they created this thing called the Nashville Hot Breaded Chicken Sandwich. And it was a flop. It was not the next Popeye's chicken sandwich. The takeout said that the um, sandwich was huge. It was like one of the biggest chicken sandwiches they'd ever seen, but that the ranch was super watery and the chicken was bland and not spicy and it was soggy. And they said that if you're going to Boston Market, there's a million other things you could order before this uh, Nashville lukewarm, not crispy, not hot chicken sandwich. So knowing that it's gross, would you still eat it, Michael? Okay, if someone gave it to me as a gift. <laughs> if you got it in a gift peg at a gift yes, and sweet. <laughs> I would eat it. Like, probably everything you're going to mention, I would eat if it was free. <laughs> I would not order this now. And I'm sh- sure you would not either. I, You know what? I would order it because I love chicken sandwiches. So I would give it a chance. You would do it to, to taste test it. To review I, it. To say I you would. had it. Okay. <laughs> I would, and it would probably be gross, and I would probably still order it again, because I like chicken sandwiches even if they're gross. So, 
The third item, McDonald's, the king of uh, food flops. So in May, they announced their first new McFlurry flavor since 2019. They hadn't had a new one. Um, and it was called the Caramel Brownie McFlurry. So uh, the takeout said that the brownies tasted like chemicals and they tasted like shit. Uh, yeah, that the ca- sounds on par for McDonald's. Like, Pretty much. So far, yeah. so, far so good. Uh, they're staying sounds on like brand. They're staying glowing on Glowing review. <laughs> they said that the caramel didn't taste like caramel. They said it just tasted like syrup like there's no flavor to it so it's just ice cream sugar syrup and then like you know crappy dog turd chemical brownies in it so again knowing all this would you eat that michael would you order it yeah if i was stoned 100 percent, because that sounds Mm -hmm. like some shit that would sound like the flavors would explode in my mouth i would think Mm -hmm. it was some michelin star shit so (laughs) yes i would order that only when i'm stoned would you yeah, same thing. If it was late at night, I, I'm with it with ice cream and caramel sauce. Like, I'm into that. And the brownies, I don't, I am used to food tasting like chemicals. I'll still eat it. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, yeah. That one doesn't sound that bad. And it's McDonald's. I would rather the food taste like chemicals than, I don't know. Yeah, you expect like real food. To. Yeah, I would yeah. be spitting it out if it tasted organic. <laughs> I'd be like, this has gone bad, I think. I need so, to speak to the manager. This yeah. tastes good and healthy. <laughs> What happened to you, McDonald's? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so speaking of healthy, this is probably the most unhealthy thing on the list. So TGI Fridays in the summer had this promotion called Under the Big Top Promotion, and it was circus-inspired dishes. Why? I have no idea. Someone was obviously very bored. But so it was a whole bunch of different menu items. So they had a mozzarella stick stuffed grilled cheese sandwich, a cotton candy Cosmo, churros, a full pound of cheese fries served out of a bucket, a whiskey glazed donut burgers so that was a burger served inside two donuts and this thing called a whiskey <laughs> a whiskey glazed skewer um which sounds uh like a fun time but it, what it was was it's like a shish kebab of alternating sliders like little cheeseburgers and boneless wings all on a giant <laughs> on a giant stick and so the takeout says that all of it was gross except for the churros and the cheese fries. They said those were good. But, I mean, you can't mess those up. They're so simple. No, so, that's, yeah, that's a stoner dream. I would, that skewer, that, like, chicken and cheeseburger, cheeseburger skewer, skewer. Yeah, I would be all, I would be deep-throating that, like, as a dick <laughs> if I was stoned. <laughs> well, so that's a, a yes. Yes to all those. Yeah, and also that cotton candy Cosmo. I'm not a drinker, but that sounds really good. I mean, it uh, sounds disgusting, but I would still drink it, yeah. If, yeah, if you're drunk at TGI Fridays, why the hell not? So the last one that was a flop in Jit, well, it might not be a total flop. It might still be on the menu for a while, but it, technically it hasn't been received very well. So in January, Chipotle launched a new menu item called Cilantro Lime Cauliflower Rice. And they did it because Chipotle obviously serves like beans and rice with, you know, their bowls and their burritos and stuff like that. But they wanted something for people who are watching carbs like who didn't want rice so the cilantro lime cauliflower rice was invented the takeout said that the cauliflower rice was very expensive and you didn't actually get a big serving of it so you didn't get as much cauliflower rice as you would regular rice that it was very very mushy and that it was way too salty and tasted way too much like lime so it was basically just like a big mushy pile of salt and lime in the bottom of their bowl again would you eat this michael no, I don't go to Chipotle for healthy shit. Yeah, neither no. do I. If I'm going to risk getting E. coli and salmonella, I want it to be on something bad. Yeah, I want my bowel to scream. Although it would probably <laughs> scream with that 
cauliflower, lime, turd. Allison and I will now talk about five stories, starting with Funny Girl. Broadway is going to get the first ever revival of Funny Girl since the original show opened in 1964. It starred Barbara Streisand, who also did the movie, of course. A revival has been talked about for a while. It was rumored that Lady Gaga or Idina Menzel would star in a revival of it. At one point, Lauren Ambrose was going to star in a revival of it. Um, Ryan Murphy also planned to produce a revival starring Leah Michelle, since on Glee, Leah's character starred on Broadway in Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. But it's not Idina or Gaga or Leah Michelle. It's Beanie Feldstein, who we just talked about. Um, she will play Fanny Bryce on Broadway next year. So way to rain and piss on Leah Michelle's parade. Beanie. But after Leah's name trended on Twitter, with everyone wondering if she's okay because she lost the role of Fanny Bryce, Leah left a comment on Beanie's Instagram post saying that she's that she's the greatest star, Beanie is. <laughs> Can you imagine if Leah left a comment saying, Leah Michelle is the greatest star? No, she said, <laughs> be, she told Beanie that Beanie's the greatest star and that the show is going to be epic. Yeah, Leah deserves an uh, Oscar for that performance. I know because I faking her happiness. It. Yeah, <laughs> I almost bought it. I was like, "This is good. This is really good." Do they give out awards for Instagram comments? But also, it's it's very smart of her to say something online, even if you know she didn't want to. Because imagine if TMZ had gotten to Leah Michelle first, like you know when they ambush stars at the airport and they're like, "Hey, Leah Michelle, what do you think of B.D. Feldstein getting Funny Girl?" And then they'd have to clear out because there'd be so much steam like coming out of her ears and fogging up all the cameras. Well, you could get a facial. Not that kind of facial, you know, steam facial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so courtesy of a mad Leah Michelle. So speaking of Barbara Streisand, she, of course, was in the remake of a remake of a remake of A Star is Born. Uh, hers was the 70s rock one, which was different than the original Star is Born and different than the one that starred Judy Garland. So the latest remake, the one that stars Gaga and Bradley Cooper, is also a rock vibe. And when it first came out in 2018, both Gaga and Bradley claimed that Barbara gave their version her blessing. Well, Barbara was a guest on the Australian TV show The Sunday Project, and she said that when she first heard they were remaking A Star's Bore again, Will Smith and Beyonce's names were floated around as possible stars, and that was exciting to her because it sounded different and was going to feature different mu- t- a different type of music. But she said that Bradley's version was too much like the version she did in the 70s, and it was the wrong idea. She added that you can't argue with success, but she cares more about originality than success. Burnt (laughs) by Babs. Also, it's like she cares more about originality, but she cloned her dogs. She's like, I don't like that Star is Born was a copy of my Star is Born. That's not very original, but please let me keep cloning Samantha, my dog. How dare you bring Samantha into this? I know, that was rude. That was very rude of me. (laughs) But that was actually an excellent point. (laughs) Um, Last episode, we talked about how South Park creator Trey Parker, Matt Stone, um, South Park creators, sorry, were trying to buy the Colorado treasure Casa Bonita. So its parent company denied Trey and Matt were going to buy it, saying that it's not for sale. 
Well, that parent company lied to us, and they were probably in negotiations with Trey and Matt when they made that denial, because Trey and Matt have closed a deal to buy Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita has been saved. And it's also a big month for Trey and Matt because they also signed a $900 million deal with Viacom CBS. And the way you celebrate a big deal is to buy a... A failing restaurant? Fail. (laughs) Michael, fire me. Michael, please just let me go now. (laughs) Before I embarrass myself further. Um, So Trey, Parker, and Matt Stone obviously have like hundreds and hundreds of million dollars at their disposal. But Michael, I know that you mentioned last time we talked about this, that you didn't want, you could, they could change anything, but you didn't want the food to be changed. So the only way that this news can get better is if they release a second statement saying, we have so much money to change Casa Bonita, but we promise we will not be spending a dime on the food. No, they should not keep it as is. What they should be um, spending money on is to upgrade its plumbing system because you know those toilets are always backed up from everyone getting the runs after eating their crap food. But maybe that backup is a secret ingredient in their beans. Oh, no. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, the New York Post says that on July 31st, a helicopter landed in the busy parking lot of a Dairy Queen in the Canadian town of Tisdale. No relation to Ashley. Right? I think. I think. Um, so Tisdale's in central Saskatchewan. So after the helicopter landed and caused a mess since it blew shit everywhere, a passenger popped out of the helicopter and went into the Dairy Queen to pick up an ice cream cake. So they were picking up an ice cream cake in a damn helicopter. So the pilot was charged with illegally landing the helicopter in an undesignated zone for a non-emergency purpose. But isn't picking up a DQ ice cream cake an emergency? You need to get it home so fast, otherwise yes. it melts and gets slimy. Yeah, I agree. That, that might be the only reason. Yeah. yeah. So the season finale of The White Lotus on HBO aired this past weekend, and we won't give up any spoilers. Um, no. But this episode had another moment that made people gasp and it was weird because I didn't gasp. And I'm not a scat queen. And I was, <laughs> maybe I am a scat queen. And that's why I didn't. It has no effect It wasn't on surprising <laughs> to me. So the moment I'm talking about is when one character shits into another character's luggage. And they showed the turds coming out of this character's ass. Mm-hmm. So Mike White, the show's creator, told TV Line that he told the person who plays the shitter that he didn't think the actual shitting moment was going to make the final cut. But Mike decided to keep it in and says that the turds were CGI made mm-hmm. and the close up of the turd was a prop. I mean, <laughs> we here at Dealers of the Podcast only bring you the most important news. Yeah, it's like we had to we had to we had to fight for this story from like yeah. the Washington Post <laughs> to get the rights to it. But you know what? This okay, I have to okay, I have to agree. I wasn't that shocked at it. I was more upset because I could see that it was CGI. Like I could tell it was a cartoon poo. Yeah. You're like, poo. what kind of <laughs> unrealistic <laughs> I'm like, this is HBO. They can't even do real poo on HBO anymore. What is going on here? But it makes sense though, because The White Lotus was a TV show about fake shitty people. And so it's fitting that it ends with a giant pile of fake shitty poo. Yeah, it's all a theme. 
And this may be the first time in the history of Hollywood that a CGI piece of shit didn't come from the mind of Michael Bay. So that's a first. So as we mentioned on last week's episode, we're off on our late summer hiatus. We'll be back on September 15th. We may retool the show a bit here and there, maybe. So if you have any ideas on what we should add or change or get rid of, send us an email at dtp at delisted.com. And if you haven't rated or reviewed us yet, please do. Hope you all have a wonderful end of the summer. Yes, and see you in September. Bye. Bye. Bye.